Welcome back to Angry Geeks versus this is season seven, episode fourteen, the final episode of Angry Geeks versus. Dun dun dun. <laughs> I am Angry Geek D Rod. One last time. I'm Angry Geek Millhouse for the final time. This is it. This is pretty much the main reason we actually started this show. Not only to just bitch about comic book stuff and all the geek-related stuff that we love. It, a, a lot of this show started because everything leading up to Justice League. And um, it's been fun. It's just got... I'm, I'm sad to, say, uh, to, to see the show go. Uh, it was primarily a decision based on time and scheduling and just how busy we both get. Yeah, I mean, if we could keep this going uh, and deliver decent stuff, we would probably do that. But, it, it, yeah, it's just trying to coordinate everything is a lot harder than it actually should be, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> no, it is. I mean, like, especially our schedules. You work weekends often, and then... Um... Oh, what are you drinking? Uh, I'm drinking some uh, Black oh, Label. Man, I got coffee from this morning still. I'm still drinking that. Ah. But, yeah. No, it's... Yeah. Millhouse here, he, you know, he works for, he's a 911 dispatcher, so he's got a lot of, sometimes he works at night, sometimes he works in the middle of the day, uh, not 9 to 5 like the rest of us. So sometimes it's hard for us to schedule this, but it has been a lot of fun. It has been a lot of fun having our, our friends on the show, Unwritten Fools, seeing you guys' reactions on uh, on Twitter and, and Fantasy Movie League and all that. So it's just, it's been, a, it's been a lot of fun, and we'll still be around. Oh, yeah. yeah we're not going anywhere. We're yeah. Not, we're not getting, uh... In the, the old heave ho, like uh, what's his face in Lord of the Rings at the end. <laughs> <laughs> and here is one of our final trains. Ah, uh, yes. But yeah, so we finally, finally, finally have seen Justice League. We've seen it twice. Yeah, we saw it twice. But before we great. get into <laughs> our review and our nitpickiness and maybe praise, depending on how we thought, as always for our, our season finales, our series finale. We're going to do the final road so far. Carry on my wayward son. There'll be peace when you are done. Lay your weary head to rest. Don't you cry no more. Okay, so the backstory here is Milhouse and I, as you guys already know, we've been best friends our entire lives. Like, there's not a day that goes by that, you know, maybe like when... We each go on vacations or something. We may not speak to each other, but typically we speak to each other every single day. Just about, yeah. Um, I am three years older than he is. Uh, we grew up two doors down from each other in the same cul-de-sac in a, in a town called Bridgeview on the south side of Chicago. Uh, we went to the same grammar school, but then being three years apart, I when I left junior high, you entered junior high. And mm -hmm. when you were a freshman in high school, I was a senior mm -hmm. at two different high schools. Right. Then you went to Marquette while I was yeah. an electrician. We, we've always had a lot in common, even though we have a lot of uh, things not in common. Like, you, you're way more into sports than I am because I'm not into sports at all. I do like the sports ball. And uh, what do I like that you don't like? Uh, I'm not a picky eater. That's true. Millhouse is Mr. Plain Burger. Yeah. Uh, just, I, a burger only needs ketchup. That is the <laughs> only thing it needs. If you can't make a burger... That the only condiment you need is ketchup, then you're you're doing too much. I get that, but it's also fun to add other things on it just to see what it tastes like. You can a burger should be good on its own, but it's also 
You can add flavor, you know. You can, but it's like, you only need one thing. Well, it's ketchup. like chip. Okay, fries are good, but sometimes it's it's good to dip them in ketchup. Sometimes it's good to dip them in mayo. You know, it's... Ugh. You don't ever had mayo on your fries? No, mayonnaise is disgusting. No, it's like Pulp Fiction. They drown it in that shit. Um, so, <laughs> we've already told this story back in the day. Uh, my ma always wanted me to get in the comics. It was actually, uh, and your ma as well. She, your ma was a comic fan when she was a kid, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah she had a bunch of comics. My ma too, and, and she says that her ma threw all hers out. Um, then the death of Superman happened 25 years ago. Yeah, we're now actually now in the, in the celebration of the anniversary. And, yeah, <laughs> um, what I, we were looking everywhere for the, for the collected trade of uh, the entire thing, and my dad found it at a gas station of all places down the street from our house. So he bought that for me, and I told Dave, and he bought it too. And that was our entrance in the comics. We, we, we read that. I didn't know who Guy Gardner was. I didn't know who the Justice League of America was. We didn't know who any of these characters were. I had no idea who anybody outside of the main Superman characters were. Yeah, yeah. Because that, that Justice League had Blue Beetle, Booster Gold, Bloodwind, I want to say the guy's name was... Uh, Fire and Ice. Um, yeah, it was like, it was just random ass Justice League team. Yeah. It was kind of like the remnants of the, the JLA One Punch people. Yeah, International. Yeah, yes, Justice League International. Um, and then from there, like, uh, I, and that was around the time of Batman the Animated Series and the X-Men cartoon, Spider-Man. So I was actually getting into more Marvel comics. I was buying cause, primarily because of X-Men. But then... You started getting subscriptions to every Superman and Batman related title every month, right? And you—I mean that, yeah, that was that was a lot of comics even back then. When did you stop? Uh, I think I stopped uh, towards the end. Like I think when I got into high school, I think that's when we stopped. I stopped getting them on the regular. Yeah, and then after nine eleven, I got back into comics because there was a special nine eleven commemorative. Uh, trade the one I had that DC did, yeah, and that kind of just like got that in the same time around the same time as Smallville, right? Uh, yeah, because that's uh, the, the WB network brought that in, and then Superman kind of became a little more popular again, uh, yeah, since he had his own TV show. And that was around the time of uh, Our Worlds at War, the Imperiax War. That's when yeah. I got back in, and then I took another break when I moved to LA. Then I, I, I got back in briefly on Grant Morrison's Batman and Robin run, yeah, uh, and then I picked it up, uh. When I moved back to Chicago uh, around 2009, I want to say it was, and then, and then I started collecting again because it was the uh, the new 52. It was it was like a good jumping in point. That was 2011 because I just moved back into town. Oh, was it? Yeah, I thought it was later than that. No, because no. yeah, new 52 started Early right when that. I got back. Okay, so either way, uh, new 52 is when I jumped back in. So I started collecting again. And uh, we've been collecting ever since. Yeah, so going on six years consistently uh, over, and 25 years overall. Collectively. <laughs> Collectively. And we've always just been into to, to comics in general. Like, you know, uh, Marvel really, you know, you, you know, you got Superman and the Batman movies, but Marvel's really kicked it into high gear with the X-Men movies. And that's when we got the, the early renaissance of, of all the not that great superhero movies, but a lot of good ones, like the Spider-Man movies, the Blade movies, all those kinds of things. And... You know, being more uh, having already had our, our foot in the into the comic book territory, we got more and more and more. We started like getting really annoyed by a lot of the discrepancies in comic book movies, and they would piss us off. Um, so, and then particularly, we got yeah, you know, like we said, we got more and more into DC. 
specifically through with Batman the Animated Series, Superman the Animated Series, Justice League, Justice League, Justice League Unlimited, yeah. Batman Beyond. Like, that kind of really, like, that era really cemented that we were DC people. Oh, yeah, most definitely. I mean, you had, you had the X-Men show in the early 90s, the animated uh, series, and you had the Spider-Man animated series, too, that would run same day as uh, Saturday morning with everything else that was going on. Yeah. But they were just not as good. No, they weren't. And, the and first... we've talked about, like, the, how great the bat, how great Batman the Animated Series was to the point that Kevin Conroy is probably the best Batman that we've ever had. Yeah, and it was just his voice. <laughs> All right, and then it, and then like Mark Hamill is the best Joker. Yes, yeah, yeah. They, arguably, they reinvented Mister Freeze. They created Harley Quinn. Um, uh, uh, Officer Montoya was an original character. All these kinds of things. So, and like then we got um, and around this time, Wally West was our Flash, and he was the Flash on Justice League, and Kyle Rayner was our Green Lantern even though Jon Stewart was the one on the show. So we, mm-hmm. we, did, we were just, like, learning more and more about all these characters and, and growing up and, and, and sharing this together. Well, and especially with, like, Justice League Unlimited, because they expanded outside of, like, the main seven yeah. to eight characters that they would have for the Justice League. Yeah, and it was, was really giving cool. us these other characters, like The Question, or uh, even Green Arrow at that time was... Uh, I mean, you knew who he was, but you didn't know much about him. Right. Uh, other And there's other, like random ones where where you've got the difference between plastic man and elongated man like you yeah. just learn you learn the, the little things about the different minor characters and and from you know being introduced to these characters as kids you know uh the easiest way we learned to to introduce or uh, reintroduce ourselves via the comics was to collect trades and um even though we have so many long boxes of comics millhouse and i both have like full bookshelves of trade paperback comics of cartoons of of comics that are entire stories encapsulated into one book right so we have that that's how we got we we rushed to get caught up to everything and then we're like okay now we know everything's going on well i mean it's it's a nice way to to know exactly how i mean because if you collect single issues then you're like okay but is this comic tied into this and i mean we've talked about stuff in the past where like You'll have an event comic, but the tie-in issues will have nothing to do with the story and are yeah. completely unnecessary to begin with. So when you collect trades, it's an easy way to know that you're getting the entire story or, is, or everything that you needed for the story. Yeah, and we just, we got, it just, the characters of the DC world just spoke to us more. It, there's a stark difference between the two, the two universes. Most of the heroes in Marvel were just everyday guys, and then a lab accident happened. And they got were granted these powers, like the Fantastic Four or Spider Man or the Incredible Hulk, um, and they, and they did have some some uh, godly people like like Thor, of course. But really, outside of like Thor and Hercules, uh, honestly, like a lot of uh, Marvel's characters are very uh, human based. Yeah, and, and, and it's it's the opposite of their supervillains of like, this is what happens when. Uh, a superpower accident happens to a good person and a bad person. And th- 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 there's never really been that middle of the road. It's like, well, I'm not kind of really either. <laughs> you know what I mean? I, right. I kind of want to be left alone. And that's how they introduced the mutants and the inhumans of these, these characters that like never really asked for any of this. Um, but then you go over to DC and you have quite literal gods where, you know, um, Marvel is more Norse while DC is more Greek. But you have uh, Wonder Woman from Themis- a god from Themyscira. Superman, like uh, 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 an alien with godlike powers, 
uh, the Flash, who uh, who liked Marvel, it was via accident. You know all these things. And we just we just even though you you relate more to Marvel comics in a sense, we looked up to these characters, right? And and I think that's a it's a major that's sticking point. But like it's if you're if if what you're looking for is something more relatable, you're probably going to lean more towards Marvel. If you're looking something more uh, into the the sci the science fiction and the fantastic of uh, of it, then you're probably going to lean more towards DC. It's funny you use like fantastic as like <laughs> an adjective because of the fantastic uh, fantastic four. four um, but but yeah, but yeah it, it, and just like these and that and that's why you know Batman's one of the most popular characters in DC because he is a human so uh, standing among these gods. Um, even though his actual character is like one of the least relatable characters on the planet. Oh, completely. Like to to try to think of equating Bruce Wayne to any normal person is you're you're not going to be able to find a, a comp anywhere equal to that. I mean, obviously there are people who have been uh, the victims of violence and everything goes along with that, but to find somebody that uh, has the the willpower <laughs> and the the just the the drive to do what Bruce does on a day-to-day basis is on it, it'd be very difficult to try to relate to that. Right. Right. hundred percent. And, and it's these kind of conversations that we would have over the years. And then, um, you know, we were incredible fans of the Superman and Batman films. Then we were in the minority where we actually really enjoyed Superman returns over time. It has kind of soured, you know, especially super son, that yeah, <laughs> fucking kid, and Kate Bosworth with a terrible Lois Lane. But we 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 really super appreci- shocker too. <laughs> yes, yeah, we just really appreciated how it was like such a a great shout out and, and homage to the original films. But we also understand said everybody's complaints. Two thousand eight happens. Uh, the two of the most important movies in comic book history: Iron Man setting up the Marvel Cinematic Universe and the Dark Knight. You know, it's like arguably the greatest comic book movie in the world. Yeah, and then when that era ends of the Christopher Nolan era, you know, DC wants to continue down that, you know, Marvel is doing fun and laughs and jokes. We don't want to copy off that because quite frankly, DC isn't really like that. I've said it a million times in the show. The two big comic book names, Marvel and DC, they make all of their comics like their most popular character. That's Spider-Man makes a lot of jokes, Peter Parker and Batman serious and brooding. So the rest of the comics are reflected on that, and they did that in the films. Like, well, if Marvel is doing fun and, and joking, let's let's take a serious path. So let's let's introduce a new Superman in Man of Steel. And when we saw that movie, you and I were very divided at first. Hmm. I mean, yeah, we we definitely had we both enjoyed parts of it, and I, I think one of the sticking points that we both had was the ending of Man of Steel, where Clark kills Zod. And I think that was a sticking point for a lot of people, uh, because Superman is supposed to be the one to find a result, uh, find a way around things without having to resort to that. And see, like that was like one of the things I had no problem with because I know that you, I can't really say this for the general public, but in the comics, Zod is the one character Superman has killed. Right. So I didn't mind that. I didn't mind it, and and I also really appreciated how tragic it went like like him screaming in in, in pain, agony in agony yeah. uh, over having to do this over having to make this choice um 
I well, came around to that later and agreed with that. I never understood the the people who would or the people who would be just completely against that to be to begin with. Uh, I know like our friends uh, JT and Kevin, they thought it was horrible and that because it's not super, what Superman is. And I'm sitting here and I'm watching like uh, <sighs> Captain America: Winter Soldier was on last night on one of the FX channels, I think, and I'm just watching person after person get mowed down and killed in in this movie and like nobody cares that captain america is killing people because he's a soldier and nobody cares that sam jackson's uh nick fury is killing anybody or any of these people are killing anybody but when it comes to the characters of batman and superman everybody throws a hissy fit anytime that that happens even though like in every single batman movie the villain pretty much dies you know, he kills the Joker. Straight up kills the Joker. Straight up kills uh, the Penguin. Um, Two-Face is killed. Straight up kills Two-Face. Straight Riddler up, goes, it well, gets his mind. Yeah, he's an idiot. And then straight up refuses to save Ra's al Ghul, therefore killing him. You know, it's like people... In the, uh, and then Catwoman straight up murders Bane in, the sh- in the sh- one of the shittiest deaths ever. But, yeah. But I, I people needed to chill about that because... That's why it's a big deal when it does happen. And that's why it's such a big deal when it happens in Man of Steel. And they treat it accordingly, not just, yay, we stopped the villain. They treat it like we he wishes he could have avoided doing that. My original problem with Man of Steel, well, we both hated Pa Kent. Oh, yeah. Kevin Costner was... does a great job, but that was not Pa Kent, especially the specific things he would say. Um, well, especially like after the last iteration of Pac Kent that we had was John uh, John Schneider from Smallville, which was the epitome of what Pac Kent is supposed to be. He was awesome. Yeah. Yeah, they, they, they borrowed a lot from that. But like when in Man of Steel, when the bus crashes and Clark as a kid, he push he pushes the bus out it, it crashes into a like a lake. Oh and, yeah. River he, whatever. A river, whatever, and he pushes it out and you know, the kids nobody sees him, but he risks that he could have seen him. And he's having the conversation with Pa Kent about it. He's like, "What would you? What, what was I supposed to do? Let them drown?" And Pa Kent says, "Maybe." Like that wasn't in the trailer, and we instantly get like red flags. What? Yeah, yeah. And we were like both like, oh, "Okay, well, you know, maybe the next line is, but I'm, but I'm really proud that you did, son, or something like that." But that never came. That line never came. No. And then the way Pa Kent dies in a tornado, you know, just to save a dog. Like Man of Steel was a movie we really enjoyed, but it made some small flawed choices that bled all over the film right um i was a big uh advocate not advocate i was a big critic of the destruction porn at the end of the film until i realized that they were addressing that in batman versus superman like no no no, that wasn't like we there's a specific reason that happened and we're going to address that in the next film whereas not only that but like this is exactly what is going to happen in a situation like this like like the was in Man of Steel, I I never understood people's backlash against that because it you have two godlike beings, one who just figured out how to use his powers, and one who doesn't care about what's going to happen to these people. And this this is what is going to happen. There is going to be destruction. There is going to be collateral damage. But I, I guess it was a little bit too much for some people's tastes. When we walked out of that movie, The Midnight Show, I was really upset because of the way that. Clark Superman allowed himself to just be thrown into things 
like when he gets thrown through that like Seven Eleven or whatever back in Smallville. I oh, was yeah. like, I was like, people could have been in there. They'd be dead if 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 Superman rushed past them. Superman's supposed to be hyper aware of all things at all times and stop himself from allowing that to happen. He'll like he'll he'll pivot just so he gets punched in a slightly different direction so that nobody's in danger. And then you pointed out to me, dude, he's been Superman for like a week in this movie. You're 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 talking about a Superman that's been around for decades. I'm like, that's very true. When when I realized that this was Superman Begins, I I looked at it through a different lens, and it, I I gave it a, a much stronger appreciation that this is how he it, it's those kinds of tragedies that he learns to avoid, mm-hmm. and that's when I was like, okay, now I, I'm back on track in this. I was expecting Christopher Reeve, and I should not have. Then we skipped to. The very, very controversial Batman vs. Superman. We loved it. <laughs> Again, a very flawed film. Very oh, flawed. Oh, completely. Uh, and, I mean, we talked about this when we reviewed the movie. It was, the, if you could look, if you could take out what was left in unexplicably and add in the 30 minutes of the Ultimate Edition that explains so much more of the story, you have a halfway decent film. Yeah, and even, even with the Ultimate Edition, even with the mistakes corrected there's still a lot that that movie really missed out on really really showing us more of clark and lois really mainly Zack snyder loves batman he wants to make a batman film that superman just happens to be in his way i do like Zack snyder but what we really missed is how much the world loved superman because the majority of that movie was them telling us how much everybody hated him yeah and I, I'm, I wanted to talk about that once we start talking about Justice League, but I'll, I'll hold off on that until we get to there. Okay. Just be, uh, just because like there's there's a, a miss a disconnect between the end of BVS to the beginning of Justice League that right I think affected may may have affected part of what the the storyline was trying to do. Uh, you know, I might as well just talk about it now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. go ahead. Do it, do it, do it. <laughs> because the beginning of Justice League is everybody mourning the loss of Superman. Not even just, like, Metropolis. This is a worldwide thing where people are sad that Superman has passed. And the fact that they've got black banners all over the place. You've got memorials in almost every country, it seemed like, mourning his death. When they spent the entirety of Batman vs. Superman talking about Superman being should be the one being held responsible for everything that happened in Man of Steel. But it, it, it was it, like, you've got this monument that was there for him, but right. everybody hates him, but everybody hated or Everybody was sad that he died. And I don't know, like it did. It, it was just bad storytelling. Well, and that's, at that point. And, and that was, there's also a disconnect between Man of Steel and Batman versus Superman in Batman versus Superman, where we see, Oh, what's that? Uh, Scooter McNary. Oh uh, uh, yeah. The guy who's in the wheelchair. Yeah. When we see him um, vandalizing Superman's statue, you know what would have been way better is having a scene of the statue unveiling and a crowd of people and even like the mayor of Metropolis and that one army guy and even the president thanking Superman for, for the past year of all the great he's done and, and, and all these things and unveiling the statue for, and Superman's there in person. And then, Yeah, like being like saying like, Thank you for helping us rebuild everything, or yes, something like yes, that, to, to like to to massage like everything that happened in Man of Steel. Exactly, and then and that way, when we have um, Helen, mm, shoot, what Helen Hunt, it, not Helen, no, Hunt. no, uh, Bonnie, Bonnie Hunt, yeah, her 
having her be the lone voice saying, no, he needs to be held accountable in case this happens again. We need a contingency plan. Then Lex is like, there is a voice that will listen to me. That's somebody that will listen to me. And that's what he scoops in there. And then after uh, the night of the ceremony, after everybody leaves, that's when Scoot McNary goes in and he, he, and he um, vandalizes, it, vandalizes yeah. it. Little things like that, that, yes, it would have made the movie longer, but you take out some other stupid stuff and you're fine with it. You know, little things like that is is great. Great. I love the way you phrase it. Massage what happened in Man of Steel. And then another thing would have been is if that if the events of Man of Steel brought Bruce out of retirement because he's been the Batman for 20 years. And since Zack Snyder loves the Dark Knight Returns so much, then it would have been more Then it would have been like, OK, so that's why Clark is now paying attention because the Batman has returned. Right. I, I think that would have been more appropriate to do. But it's not the movie we got. Right. <laughs> we can sit all day and talk about how, we, how we, we, we would want to fix. We already spent an episode doing that. We did. We did. So then we can we can skip over Suicide Squad because the events of that film don't matter. Um, Wonder Woman uh, comes in. Go ahead. What were you going to say? I was just going to say outside of Bruce getting the the files from uh, Amanda Waller at the end. Yeah. Outside of that, nothing really mattered. And we, we skipped that. Wonder Woman comes. It's an isolated movie. Does its own thing in the past, has no bearing on it except introducing Wonder Woman properly. Everybody loves the movie. Number one movie this summer domestically. Gives everybody like, okay, well, maybe Justice League won't be that bad. That's great. And now here we are. <laughs> and Justice League is looking to make less than $100 million on its opening weekend. Nearly $30 less, $30 million less than the third Thor movie. <sighs> I, I don't know what to tell you. I, I honestly, watching both of these movies in the past couple weeks, can't explain to you outside of just a Marvel bias. I I, I don't want to be one of these whiny DC fans that... Uh, too late. We've already been for a couple of years. Well, now. yeah. I mean, it's... it's I, I, there's nothing I can say about it, but... The the fact that both of these movies came out very recently and one is getting reviewed this, the way it is and the uh, and the other is getting reviewed in a completely different manner is mind-boggling to me. I get that Thor was fun and it was different and it was it just uh, I I honestly can't even explain it. It's, well, the the thing with Thor with Ragnarok is that it, yes, it is. It, totally inconsistent with the other two Thor movies. But the tone of Ragnarok starts and ends with that tone. It was never inconsistent on its, on its own, and it, and it embraced it and leaned into it. But, uh, Justice League, which we really enjoyed, uh, no surprise to anybody who listens to our show, uh, Justice League, it tried to balance all the, 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 the tension and darkness that Zack Snyder created and embraces in his films, while trying to also look in the new direction of more fun stuff via Ezra Miller and uh, his Flash and Jason Momoa's Aquaman. So introducing these characters in, the, in there gives it a much lighter tone. So a lot of people were saying that that was, that, that was just totally... It's pretty much the same thing. It's like, no, you can't, you can't change direction like that, but Thor just did. <laughs> right. I mean, if you look at the, the three Thor movies, and we've kind of mentioned this when we did our Thor review... None of the three movies are alike in any way. The, the The characters are inconsistent. The characters do whatever the the director and the writers, whoever they were, 
wanted to do for that particular movie. The only things that remained the same were the names and the actors that played them. Except for the fact that what's the, Zachary Levi, uh, Levi was replaced one of the Heroes 3 in the second and third film. Right. <laughs> that was it. I, and this is what... This is what fans wanted. This is what the general populace wanted DC to do, was to change the direction, to change the tone of these movies. And they were, like, all super happy when Wonder Woman came out because it was a hopeful movie. It was bright. It was it, it was entertaining. It was enjoyable. It was... Everybody left with a smile on their face. Come Justice League, it changed. Like, like uh, it, DC did what they want, what fans wanted them to do, and... They still shit on it. <laughs> well, and here's here's where the, the bias comes in that I, I do believe exists is okay. First off, yes, yeah, Steppenwolf was a shitty a shitty villain, and the, his CGI looked like garbage. He looked like a a, a video game villain. But you know, just to, people are complaining in general. Oh, it's another CGI villain from DC. When we've had countless CGI villains from Marvel, but nobody complains about that. Like I, yeah. I just I like what I I, I don't get it. Um, and uh, the, the, they had high stakes. You know, the world was in danger, and uh, they they had plenty of of of, of introduction with. We, we got to know Ezra Miller's Flash. We got to know Jason Momoa's Aquaman. I will admit, we spent the least amount of time with Cyborg, and he's also the least amount of fun in the entire movie. He's the least amount of fun, but I found him to be the most interesting character in this entire film. To tell you the truth, I, I thought that he. Ray Fisher did a fantastic job showing the emotion and lack thereof of somebody who's competing, who, who has dual things competing with himself between being man versus machine. And the man versus machine internal battle, uh, the internal struggle that he has, we get that, but the general public just thinks he's being boring. And so you have to you have to do a little bit more to, 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 to explain that's what's going on within him. Because they didn't really... It was just anytime they had a chance to, it was just him yelling at his dad. I guess, and, and and this is probably the part where I, as somebody who knows these characters, misses out on what everybody else is missing out on. Right. No, I, I completely. Well, yeah, it's just like how we filled in the blanks for, for Batman versus Superman. It's like everything made perfectly sense to us, and to everybody else, it was an incoherent film uh, with inco- incompetent plot holes. We're like, what are you guys talking? Same thing with Dark Tower. You know, like we we understood everything that was happening in that movie, and and I'm sorry that we have prior knowledge. You know, and so of course, you know, we're we're gonna we're gonna enjoy these kinds of things more. But even fans of both of both products are are dissing these things, and and that's what I don't understand. Like, well, what didn't you get? Um, I thought this movie had a lot of laughs, and I thought those laughs landed. Um, too many of the laughs, I will admit, were from the trailers, so I would have laughed harder had I not heard them a million times from watching those trailers over and over and over and over again like you do. <laughs> uh, okay. Uh, I, I guess we can kind of start getting into some of the stuff that we liked and disliked from this movie, and we, we kind of already did start with it. I mean, you touched on the, the Steppenwolf CGI thing, and I think that was a complete miss on this movie. Honestly, I think it would have been better to do a... Steppenwolf, you could have just put him in a costume, Seer and Hines. And yes, yes. I think it would have done a lot better to, I mean, you put him in in a regular costume where he's interacting with everybody else. You didn't need to be seven or eight feet tall to be an imposing character. 
I think it could have been well done just the same way that Kate Blanchett did Hella. Mm-hmm. Like, I, you you don't have to be eight feet tall to be a menace. Yeah, let, let the guy give a performance. Let let the guy, let him do his thing. Um, I I know they're 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 holding off on on Dark Side for what what may never now happen second Justice League movie maybe even third the yeah the, the, the based way... on based off some of the uh based off some of the uh, credit see, uh, scenes but they should have just went Dark Side now you know because otherwise everybody's gonna say well Dark Side's just Thanos you know beat them to the punch bring in your big gun first. Make make Steppenwolf the little bad of the first half of the film, and he's get, kicking the shit out of everybody. And if he's kicking the shit out of the Justice League, imagine how it's going to be going up a guy that's even that can kick the shit out of Steppenwolf. Right. And, and yes, you get a longer film, but like again, it's just people probably would have enjoyed it more. And even if they had kept Darkseid a surprise, I am surprised that this movie was only two hours long. Not that I have felt like it was short at any point while we were watching it. I never looked at my watch and be like, oh, crap, we only got this much time left. It was, oh, oh, we, we still got some time. I, I do wish there was probably a little bit more storytelling between everybody else. I I kind of want to, I mean, to give them the benefit of the doubt, I think they were just trying to whet the appetite for everybody for these future movies as opposed to giving everybody everything in a cookie-cutter origin movie the way that Marvel does. Right. Yeah, right off the conveyor belt. Because now that now like you can go into Aquaman and you already know just about everything you need to know. I mean, like they touched on his mother, who's gonna be Nicole Kidman in the Aquaman movie, leaving him, and he touched on him interacting with Mara. So once we go to the Aquaman movie, we don't have to spend the first thirty minutes rehashing everything. You can kind of just walk right into the Aquaman movie now, like, okay, I know just enough that I want to know more. I, I completely agree. Now, a couple things I want to say about that. One thing that really weirded me out, and I hit, been, I always think about this as a, as a comic book geek, is like, how do they talk underwater? Because sound can't really <laughs> carry through. So, so Zack Snyder and and team they introduced this thing where, for them to talk underwater, Mira, who controls the water, she creates a bubble for them to stand in so they can talk. And all I could think about is. Is this how all of Aquaman's movie is going to be? Because if that's the case, that's going to be really annoying. Yeah. I, I think they'll. I think there's going to be enough that takes place on land to do okay with it. Otherwise, I think they might introduce us to other things that will take water away. Like, I, I'm telepathy. Trying to think of like that. Yeah, telepathy. <laughs> but yeah, like so let's, let's talk about Aquaman since we're discussing yeah. him at this point in time. What... Did, what was your reaction to Jason Momoa's take on it? Very different. Very different uh, than the Aquaman we're used to. Because um, he's funnier than Aquaman ever really is. And I think it's really smart, the direction they went with him. He was a lot of fun. I love Jason Momoa's Aquaman. I thought he was hilarious. I thought he was a badass. Every time he was on the screen, I was like, what's he going to do? Um, they basically combined Aquaman with Lobo. And everybody fucking loves Lobo. <laughs> Bring back Sheriff Lobo. But... um. I really, I really like what they're doing with it because, and I know why they did it, because everybody always shits on Aquaman. Everybody always says he's such a dumb character. So like, okay, then we'll make him a badass, make fun of this version of him. And I thought they they succeeded with that. Yeah. And I was talking to one of my friends recently about it and they, and she was worried. He's like, I don't know if Momoa is going to be able to carry an entire movie. And I'm like, well, he's not going to have to, first of all, because yeah. you've got 
Amber Heard as mayor. You've got Willem Dafoe as going to be his confidant in Atlantis. And you've got Nicole Kidman as his as his mother. And you've got Patrick Wilson, completely underrated actor, playing the villain in that movie. Yeah. So he's not going to have to carry this entire movie by himself. And, and, and okay, I'll, I'll get to this in a second. No, I completely agree. I'm And we're a year away, roughly, from that movie that I'm very excited for. I do want to say that no matter what, a lot of people who are ragging on this movie, giving it a hard time, a lot of them are saying, but the characters are great, and I'm really looking forward to their solo movies. And I think this is where DC, I think they found their feet, and going forward, we say this every single time, going forward with these solo films is going to be very good for them because they finally figured out how to do the solo films better than Marvel. Because they treat, Wonder Woman was treated like an independent movie outside of the franchise that still is in the franchise. And for their phase two with Aquaman, Flashpoint, leading up to the next Justice League movie, they're not just going to be pointless fucking movies, stepping stones leading up to that Justice League movie, which was like every phase of Marvel. Even Marvel phase two, Iron Man 3 was pointless. Thor the Dark World was pointless. Even Age of Ultron was just a stepping stone to Civil War. Civil War, War. yeah. So what they're going to do is they're going to treat these movies like independent movies and then we'll just have another justice league movie bringing all these characters together again we, there won't be any more of this bullshit wait till next time we'll explain that don't worry and that's where i think they're going and i think that's really smart uh, no i definitely agree and i, I think that it's I, I i'm trying to separate myself from my comic book knowing everything of like what's going on with these characters and and when I sit there and I, I, I look at what this movie did for all of these characters, I, and like I'm like I was saying earlier, I think it just like it's it wasn't meant to explain all these characters fully because everybody was bitching about the fact that oh we didn't get a solo movie for a, any of these other characters going into Justice League that, that we're not going to understand it. You don't have to, right? The I mean, the Flash has his own TV show, Aquaman. He lives underwater. We get it. He is like, the he's the king of Atlantis. What else do you really need to know at this point in time? I don't feel like you needed to do this. Marvel did it because nobody knew who these characters were. Right. Yeah. Nobody knows. I mean, people might know the name Thor back in two thousand. Iron Man going back to two thousand eight when it came out. Iron Man was a B to C list character in right. Marvel. Yeah. Yeah. If you had. Ask people back then who are the Avengers. I'm like, you mean that really bad movie uh, from 1998 with, with Uma Thurman? And, yeah, yeah. And, and... Um, whereas people are like the Justice League. Oh, you mean Superman and Batman and all them? Like, the Justice League has just DC over the decades has just had more public notoriety than the the Marvel movies. So yeah, they had to, and they did a great job with it. And the Avengers is a way better film than Justice League. I'll I'll admit that. Oh I'll, yeah, I'll, I'm I'll not. Admit. It's Honestly, like if we're gonna rank them right now, it's gonna be Winter Soldier for me, then uh, then Avengers, and then third or fourth, depending on what the day it is, it's gonna be between Wonder Woman and this movie. Wonder Woman, uh, is, the modern a, Wonder Woman is a better movie, um, but but I had more fun watching Justice League than I did Wonder Woman. And a lot of it is because it, it did a lot of the things that we've always wanted a Justice League movie to do. Like spoiler alert, you know Superman comes back. But when they when they when he's brought back, he doesn't have his complete wits about him, so he attacks the Justice League. So there's a mid film action sequence, end of the second act, where they're fighting him, 
And while he's like, Superman is taking on Aquaman, Cyborg, and Wonder Woman all at the same time, the Flash runs in, and then, but he's running in his his, his uh, speed, which is, you know, everything else is in slow motion except for him. And then Superman turns his head and looks at him, and Barry freaks out because he's never seen anybody move as fast as he could before. And it's hilarious. Yeah, I mean, the, the, uh, okay, Ezra Miller was the one I was most worried about going into this movie. Yeah, I agree. Because he was playing such a note, like a note character. And I didn't know as much about him other than the fact that he did a movie with Hermione. And then he was in that fantastic beast movie. Right. So outside of like, like I was a little worried because, and because we had gear, we had, we had the flash TV show, which at the time was the best, uh, the the best superhero TV show on, and right. and Grant Gustin was doing a great job as Barry Allen, right. So going into that, I was a little worried about Ezra Miller, but he stole the movie for me. He had a lot of really great moments. His he was the main comedic relief. A lot of his jokes landed. I, I still say he was more Wally than Barry because Wally yeah. is a more of a jokester. Uh, more fun than Barry's always been kind of very similar to Bruce where he's been more of a tragic figure. Um, but you also did see this tragedy within the, within Barry's life. I mean, you, you get a lot of interaction with, not a lot, but you get enough interaction between him and his father uh, to see how real, how sad Barry is with everything that's going around him. And then he right. hides it with the humor. Right. Yeah. And they did a good job at that. And, and and that's the thing, like just you know, we grew up with Wally. Wally's great. Barry just has a better backstory, a better tragic backstory that was retconned by uh Jeff Johns in uh in Flash Rebirth. Because before that he was just a lab guy who got struck by lightning. Now when you when you introduce the backstory of the tragedy of his mother dying and his father taking the blame, it just adds way more levels to Barry Allen than Wally West ever really had. Right, and and it, and even in the small time that we had with Barry and his dad, it completely set up what the Flash movie is going to be. Right. Yes, I that's know exactly a really good what point. is going on with the. It's going to be going on with the Flash movie. So again, it's in the two-hour movie you are able to introduce his character, introduce his backstory, and set it up for what what his solo movie is going to be, without having anything to bog down the main storyline of what was going on. Sure. Not at all. Yeah, no, completely agree. So uh, I'm actually even more... Before I was really hesitant, I'm like, Flashpoint movie? Oh, man, they're gonna mess that up. Now I'm like, ah, uh, this could be pretty good. Well, and it's... I mean, we don't even know if like the Flashpoint storyline that we're familiar with is going to be what it is, or if they're just saying, here, this movie's gonna be called Flashpoint. Well, what's great about the Flashpoint idea is they can have a Justice League movie without having to get the cast of Justice League. Yeah, Cyborg's gonna be in it, because... A hair in my mouth. He should be because I I know you enjoyed him. I don't think he can carry his own film right now. Nor oh no, I, I like I, he's Hawkeye. The, yes, Cyborg yeah. is Hawkeye. If you're gonna compare the two teams, like he's a good, he's a really good minor character that you can build stuff around, but he cannot carry his own movie. Right. So for Flashpoint in the Flashpoint universe, it, you know Bruce is dead. His dad, who in this is case Batman. is Jeffrey, is Batman. In this case is Jeffrey Dean Morgan. Um, his mom, uh, is the Joker, this, is the Joker, which in this case is Maggie from the walking dead of uh, cyborgs, the Superman, 
And yeah, you can get Henry Cavill as the depowered, super thin Superman. Because what else is Henry Cavill doing besides the mission, next Mission Impossible movie? <laughs> you know, this uh, guy. This guy wants well, to play Superman. So well, that, and now and now you've got our our Shazam. Who yeah. Yes. Played a, who played a part in Flashpoint? So this could be a Justice League movie. This could be what Civil War was. Civil War was an Avengers movie, without calling itself an Avengers movie. Yeah. It, it, <laughs> But honestly, they still need to find a director for that Flash movie. <laughs> um, and we don't even know if that script is actually going to be the Flashpoint like storyline. Yeah, I can it could just it. it could just be a title alone. But um, everything, but everything else around the Flash hit for me. Like I, he was, he was kind of our entry point to everything else that was going along there because he was the young kid who was. Getting introduced to everything here. Yeah, I was running around asking questions about everything. That that, that way we would learn about them too. Um, yeah, no, I enjoyed that. And then uh, Henry Cavill finally gets to play the Superman that everybody's been asking him to. I will admit, with Mustache Gate, it was kind of it was pretty jarring at first. It's it's really just that first scene. It was that first scene. I think part of the uh, the resurrection scene was reshot with the mustache. Really? Too. Yeah. But uh, honestly, beyond that, like if that's the worst thing that happened from this movie, as far as Superman, I'll take it. He was when, when he was saying, "Okay, so so Superman people make fun of Superman because he often says cheesy things around people as this big blue Boy Scout." And what people don't understand is he says these things to people so that they'll be comforted and know that everything's going to be okay. So like, oh, when he when he's they're fighting Steppenwolf, but. Uh, Clark, Superman hears that people are in danger nearby. He has to go take care of that first. So he's like, and Flash is already doing it. So he catches up to Flash in the Speed Force and calls him a slowpoke. Oh God, I loved that. I loved that so much. Yeah, he had good banter. Uh, it wasn't cheesy at all. I mean, it was a little cheesy, but it like wasn't overly cheesy. It wasn't like, uh, it wasn't Christopher Reeve cheesy. Like again, it was, like- it was, it was modern enough that it was. It didn't feel like it was from the 60s or 70s, but it still felt like it was him being the the good cop. Exactly, exactly. And like when when he when he when Cyborg calls for him to help, and he's got to tear the mother boxes apart, and he says, "We need blowback." Yeah, quite a bit. It's like, all right, well, oh, and he says, "I hope we don't die." He's like, "Me, me neither," because I really like being alive. That set Cyborg at ease. Like, that that, that slight sense of humor, it's the same sense of humor that Peter Parker uses on himself. Uh, honestly, like, yeah, this and this was a this was a very hopeful Superman. This was a very a, a positive Superman. And I know a lot of the, the people who disliked Man of Steel and disliked Batman vs. Superman were talking about how dour he was. And, and he was, to a point. But I think that hopefully, and they're hopefully addresses with coming movies involving him whether it be man of steel 2 or whether it be justice league 2 or, or anything that he might uh be in as a uh as a cameo i hope that like it, they'll just continue with the storyline of him doing it that way you know what they need to do they need to do a new world's finest but with clark and diana i, I could be behind that uh i know it, i'd be pissed off because the world's finest are bruce and clark but but let's be real. Who who's real world's finest here? <laughs> yeah. Um, All right. Now, let, I mean, and anything else you want to talk about with Superman in, in general? No, I just I, I I really it was a very it was a hit the reset button on Superman. 
which I'm okay with it. But I hope going forward we still have him questioning himself and having stakes because he can't be perfect. And that's that's well, right. And he didn't have to be like he didn't have to really think about too much in this uh, in this setting where they were because I, I when they showed Steppenwolf going into what is essentially I'm, I'm guessing Chernobyl. This yeah, is yeah, what yeah, that yeah, was yeah. <laughs> without calling it Chernobyl. Like I was kind of like, oh, they're setting up shop here because the final battle is going to be here because nobody lives here because it's exactly. a nuclear wasteland. Right. So he didn't have to like pull punches. He didn't have to be. Uh, he didn't have to think about saving people after they got the the building out of the way. Yeah, that was cool. <laughs> and carrying the building. After. Uh, but anyway, okay, so. Uh, finally, let's talk about Diana. Uh, I thought it was, I thought she was underused to tell you the truth. No, I agree with that. I, I was surprised, you know, knowing how much pop, uh, how popular she was, I'm surprised they didn't give her even more focus when they did the reshoots. Yeah. Uh, espe- yeah. Especially after how critically acclaimed, uh, Wonder Woman was, I, I thought her story was the least developed, like the, the, like she got the least ca- like character development between any of the other characters. I feel like. And I don't know if it's just because she just had her movie and they really wanted to focus on some of the other guys, but some of the stuff that she does between, uh, like Bruce obviously wanted her to be the leader of the group going into everything. And then like they do that scene where he gives her crap about Steve Trevor or something like that. Mm -hmm. Like, I feel like there's a bunch of stuff that they cut out from the movie. I completely agree. That would have like finished that scene and finished that that train of thought that they were going with in it. And I hope that like maybe in a deleted scene we find out what that was, uh, because I think that it that part was just kind of weird. I completely agree with that. I because and I also loved the moments that they had together. The scenes between Bruce and Diana, Ben Affleck and, and Gal Gadot was were, were great. I also think they didn't put enough focus on the fact that Bruce never planned on making it out of this alive. Like, I, I really think they dropped the ball on that. I, I would have really... Of course he's gonna. But, right. um... But, like, it, it would just... Like, been yeah, really... they're, they're not gonna kill another character right after they bring another one back. No, but, but just more about how that's how he saw it. He fully intended to sacrifice himself so that these other these new heroes could come in and save the day. I, I thought they could have they handled that a little, little, little easier, a little more fleshed out. They, yeah, they could have probably fleshed that out a little bit more. Um, I did enjoy that, like they were talking about Bruce liking Diana, but they didn't like force that part of the storyline in there too much. Yeah, uh, a lot of it's more Jeremy Irons taking Who, pot shots at Bruce for he's this. He's the best part of every scene he's in. <laughs> he really he is fantastic. He's the best Alfred ever. Uh, I don't know if I'd say that. Oh, Michael Caine. Michael Caine. <laughs> uh, I don't know if him or uh, Alfred Gull or, uh, or was it Michael Gull from yeah, the yeah. from the original uh, the Burton Batman's. Nah, that guy's a dummy. No, <laughs> I love Jeremy Irons. Awesome. Jeremy Irons is really good. I, I'm not gonna say he's not, but like he's not he's not as Alfredy as like he's not Butlery as other Alfreds have been. Even in, like if I'm like, comparing okay. him to the comics, like he's just kind, he's kind of just a guy that's there. Helping Bruce. This is his uncle. Um, yeah, no, like I, I never. I'll give, like, you, I'll give you that. Like he's never dressed in a tuxedo. 
Or, yeah, I, I, I'll give you that. I'll agree with that for sure. He's kind of just like the he's kind of just like Bruce's buddy. That's like the mechanic working on something earlier. Well, yeah, he's basically a combination of of Alfred and Lucius Fox. Yeah, like because um, we don't have Lucius in here yet. Oh, I mean, overall, where do you where do you see this as a as a, as a crossroads for DC EU? Creatively, I think at the end of the at the end of the at the end of the day, it's very hopeful for, for where they're headed. However, this movie is not going to make the money that they need it or want it to. So either a, they're gonna, we're gonna see a lot of these other movies dropped, which we're not, which we won't, won't surprise us. This Nightwing movie will go away. This Sirens movie will go away. I think they're just gonna really hunker down and focus on these the Justice League characters going forward, and they're gonna give them a smaller budget, which is okay if you give them the, the Deadpool budget. And I think at the end of the day. That's going to be really good for DC. I tend to agree. I think that they're really, they really kind of spread themselves way too thin as far as like saying we're going to get all these other movies. I think this is where you're going to see The Rock be the villain in the Shazam movie. Yeah. I think this is where you're going to see that Nightwing movie go away. I think this is where you're probably see that Batgirl movie put on the back burner, even though they promised, probably promised Joss that Batgirl movie to do his magic on this mo- on this Justice League movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think this is where you're going to probably lose some of the other things as far as what you're talking about, budgets for uh, everything. So I'm okay with it. Uh, I, I do think that there probably needs to be a more focused look on the main Justice League characters. We can, we can get that Suicide Squad two movie, and I and because I, I do think that that has a value within the DC universe as far as giving us some uh, a different look at some of these other characters, and as far as giving us this, I mean that the the Suicide Squad is where you could probably get some of these other minor characters to fit into the rest of the the universe. Uh, you can kind of give us a look at some villains that we might see in future movies facing members of the Justice League. Possibly. I mean, I, I wouldn't be surprised if we lost that Suicide Squad 2 movie. I, I really wouldn't because because I think they're going to blame a lot of the performance of Justice League on Suicide Squad and Batman vs. Superman of just both being movies that people hated. And therefore, they're like, well, I liked Wonder Woman, but I'm going to wait on Justice League. And, you know, and then the reviews, which, again, I believe are biased. Sorry, finish your thought there. Yeah, and I I think, yeah, that's basically it. That, like, people are just, they're once bitten, fool me once, shame on me kind of thing with DC right now. And it's, it's stopping them from seeing them. Well, and here's the thing, like, other people that I've seen outside of the top critics from Rotten Tomatoes... Like, regular fans I've seen enjoy the crap out of the movie. I don't under, I don't see where, like, these people who are regarded as top critics for these movies, where, like, how they're getting to where they're getting to with these reviews. The The point of some of, some of this stuff is to inform. And I feel like it's become way too subjective as a whole. And, and not even just including these, not like... This isn't just a DC thing. I feel like there's a lot of things that have become too much of a subjective thing. And I understand that it's probably a lot to do with page clicks and bottom oh, sure. line dollars for these websites and newspapers to get uh, 
to get there to 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 make shareholders shareholders happy on stuff. But people who I know hated Batman vs Superman, who hated Man of Steel, were like walked out of Justice League and were like, "This is." A step in the right direction. I enjoyed this movie. Uh, Kevin and JT, who were both hated, both of BBS and Man of Steel, separately talked about how much they enjoyed it, barring a couple things, which we've already talked about. Right. And we already knew. Uh, and other people who I know who don't really care for comic book movies walked out of that movie were like, oh, that was a lot of fun. Like, that's what I want to see in a, in a superhero movie. Overall, I think DC gets kind of graded as a f- like as films instead of the popcorn movies that they are. No, I, and I agree with that. And, and especially with critics like Richard Lawson from Vanity Fair, who oh I, I, I listen to his podcast that he's on with a couple of the other people from Vanity Fair. Cause it's a, it's an award show. It's basically about the Oscars and all the awards shows year round. And for like the past couple episodes, he's just saying how much he's, he's ready to hate justice league. He wasn't looking forward to it and he's couldn't wait to get it over with. And like you can tell, like with a lot of these 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 critics, uh, quote unquote critics, that they write the re- the reviews written. A lot of them you could tell they wrote in advance. They wanted right. to like write really clever quips, just because whether they actually believe it or not. Like some people, so this one person wrote that Ben Affleck looks like he wishes he could be anywhere else, and I couldn't disagree more. But he, I thought he did a really solid job, especially in those really somber moments where Bruce is dealing with the guilt of causing the death of Superman and all these things. And uh, whereas Richard Roper gave it three and a half stars saying, that was a lot of fun. No, it wasn't a perfect movie, but you know, it's, I, I really enjoyed that. And, uh, but it's also the problem is that there are great movies, great comic book movies out there. Dark Knight, Avengers, Winter Soldier. And unfortunately, we're, we're, movies are being reviewed compared to them. And, and I mean, I mean not unfortunately, I, I mean, unfortunately for the lesser for those movies. Yeah. 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 I, I think I, I really hope in the future that this will be reviewed. Like it'll, people look back at this movie and be like, "Okay, this is where DC really turned a corner, and this is where things started to go in the right direction for them." Because honestly, this a good, and we've talked about this in the past. A good DC movie will make Marvel have to make better movies, right? This, because right now Marvel's on autopilot; they don't care what comes out. Oh, I mean, I'm sure they do care. But, like, they don't have to put as much thought and effort into these movies that they're putting out because they can put out a Thor movie that isn't really Thor. It's got Chris Hemsworth and it's got uh, Hiddleston and, oh, uh, yeah, Kate Blanchett's the villain in that movie. But that had nothing to do with what Thor the character is. I, I, and it, I made, gar- and it yeah. made $125 million in its opening weekend. I, I guarantee. It's just, it's just like every other... Marvel movie, down the line, people are like, "Yeah, it was." It's already happening with Spider Man. People are like, "Yeah, it was okay." Oh you know? yeah, most people rate Spider Man as probably like lower half of the ranking for that, even though it was the best movie that ever came out. Yeah, yeah, and, and they just—it's—it's going to happen again with Thor in a few months. Well, yeah, it's—it's it's, it's the best movie since the best—the last best movie that came out. Yeah, that happens all the time. They always do that, and it's going to keep happening, and. Meanwhile, they're just gonna uh, the the critics. People are gonna be in autopilot and reviewing DC movies unless it's Wonder Woman, you know. And I'm I'm glad that movie did so well. But like they, you know, and and they even said when they did the reshoots, go back in, make Justice League more like Wonder Woman, and and like well, we already shot most of the movie. Yeah. 
I, I mean, uh, look, we've got we've got Jeff helming everything, and he's going to be the guy overlooking everything. And I think that's this is where you're going to start to see it because when Jeff took over, Wonder Woman was already in the can. Justice League was two thirds of the way in the can. I, I think with Aquaman, you're going to start to see his influence on the overall product of the movie. Now, hopefully that means that it's going to be good, especially Aquaman, because Aquaman is really Jeff's favorite character. He wrote Aquaman for the longest time. Yeah. Uh, So, I mean, hopefully that's when, when like, when we look back at this in, like, five to ten years, when we're talking about Justice League 4, fingers crossed. Ten years? (laughs) I don't know about that. It took took Marvel nearly ten years. Well, I guess you're right. (laughs) (laughs) So... Uh, so, I mean, hopefully when we're looking back, this is why we're going to be like, okay, this is where things started to look good for them. Now, when we have the return of Anger Geeks then, and we talk <laughs> about that, I know. Uh, but but seriously, like, I think I, this movie did a lot for me to, I mean, it, it made me happy as a comic book fan. It made me happy as a DC fan. I walked out of that movie with a lot, a lot to be happy with. And and let's uh, now look into the future with this because we got that after scene. Well, we'll we'll talk about the main after scene of Luthor being out of prison. And we got our look at Joe Manganiello as Deathstroke. He looked fucking awesome. He looked great. He looked fantastic. And everybody was everybody thought that Luthor was cut completely from the movie. So I was I was I was kind of happy with that, and him hinting at what is essentially probably going to be the Legion of Doom, in right? That. So if we if that's what our if that's what Justice League Two is going to be, I'm okay with that. I don't think I need Dark Side yet. I could be hinted at towards Dark Side same way as we've been hinting at Thanos for the last eight years. You know what they probably will do though? They'll probably have it versus the Legion of Doom, and then. Darkseid shows up, and everybody's got to team up to stop him. I mean, that's that's Justice League. That's the finale of Justice League Unlimited right there. Exactly. Exactly. And if, if that's what they're going to do, I'm perfectly okay with it. Uh, you had you mentioned somebody had reported that it was like a long episode of Justice League Unlimited, but a live-action version of it. And that and if that's what we're going to get, sign me up. Yeah. I loved this movie. Flaws and all. I, again, I'll admit, you know, we I complain about Marvel bias with the critics, and I have a DC bias. We have DC bias. We've been waiting, you know. I we did the road so far to specifically say we've been waiting our entire lives for this film. Well, yeah, and specifically, we've been waiting since what was it, two thousand and nine? It was when that failed George Miller Justice League was going to happen. Right. So. I mean, if you want to talk real numbers here, we've been waiting for a Justice League movie since 2009. And now we're finally getting it. And we finally got it. And it, bar, like, uh, seriously, like, with the, vi- like, the bad, the bad villain, that's a Marvel thing. With plot holes, that's another Marvel thing. This movie was everything that I hoped it could have been. And, the- and just like any movie, any other movie, like, well, I wish they had done this. I wish they had done this. Which we say about the Marvel movies, too. Um, but I just I had a blast and I enjoyed it more the second time than I did the first time. Mm-hmm. And I, I I didn't say that about Batman versus Superman. I enjoyed it less the second time. All right. Anything else you want to touch on with this? No. Um. Just going forward, 
Can't wait for Rockman. Can't wait for Flashpoint. Can't wait for Infinity War. Can't wait for Black Panther. Can't wait for the new Hellboy. Can't wait to watch Punisher. Can't wait for the for the Arrowverse crossover in a couple weeks. Can't wait to keep reading Metal. Can't wait to see what Marvel does with Legacy if they actually do anything with it because right now it's a whole lot of boring. Um, but that's what happens, you know. When you when you tell fifty two stories a month, you know some of those stories are going to have down points and some of them are going to have up points. It's just that's how comics work. Not every issue. That's is how everything be great. works. That's how everything works. Not every issue is going to be great. Not every episode is going to be great. Not every movie is going to be great. And things are always going to make us angry. We're always going to be complaining about something. Even even the most perfect thing, we'll find something to complain about just because we're we're picky and we're passionate about our comic books. We're passionate about our characters. We'll you know I loved Force Awakens and I'm sure I'll find something wrong with Last Jedi that I I, I won't like, but I'll probably still love it. And that's the thing. I I you know we talk about we sound so angry when we talk about Marvel, but we love the Marvel movies. We do. We love the TV shows. We love the comics. Yeah, I, I, like I mean, as much as we're biased towards DC, it doesn't mean that we don't like Marvel. It doesn't mean we don't like Dark Horse. It doesn't mean we don't like Image. It doesn't mean we don't like any of these other comic book companies that put out stuff. Because these, all of these people are the same people that write for DC or draw for DC or do anything yeah. for DC. It's, everybody just kind of shuffles in between companies every so often. Like, we, like how we talked about Bendis coming over to DC. He'll yeah. be there for a little bit, and they'll probably go back to Marvel. Stuff the guys that we like on DC are going to go to Marvel, and we're going to follow them over there and, and read and admire the stuff that they put out. As long as it's good, you know. If there's a title we're not reading that like we we all of a sudden hear everybody saying this is really good, this is really good, then we we go back a couple of issues, we jump on it, and we're like, oh yeah, this is great. Yeah, that's when we and, pick up. That's when we pick up the trade paperback. Yeah, sure, yeah, and then we start follow. We continue following that writer, uh, where whatever title they're on. So. I don't know. And the same thing for you guys. You know, whatever you're passionate about, allow yourself to be passionate. Allow yourself to complain about what you love about. Because if it's perfect, then what's the point? I don't know. That's that's just how we've always seen things. And we always will continue to. And maybe we'll be back one day when life gets a little easier for the both of us. Yeah, maybe. Uh, But honestly, if there's anything that I can leave anybody with, is that just to enjoy... Find something that you enjoy, like you're saying, and and just don't. I mean, don't just accept it blindly. Just like, like if you've got a problem with something, like honestly, a lot of these writers and artists are very accessible. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and not to not to go and attack them, but like offer constructive criticism. You can go online and honestly on Twitter. Like these are very very easy to reach people. Yeah. Just and and they and honestly, like a lot of people enjoy hearing from their fans yeah 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 especially even even readers. on the bad stuff even on the bad stuff like the like you you sit there and i, and I we follow scott snyder on twitter and he's always open to engaging with their engaging with the fans or when and like when you go to a comic book convention like when you go to get your stuff signed by them you they're more than happy to talk to you obviously don't just yell at them and talk about and, and tell them how bad <laughs> of they are but be like hey what was your thinking when you did this in this book or what was your reasoning for drawing him this way or what was your like engage with them like don't antagonize them but yeah no yeah yeah you know be, be, be a decent human being about it but yeah just enjoy flaws and all where can they find us for a little while longer <laughs> okay well if you want to 
engage with us, so you can go on Facebook.com slash Angry Geeks VS. So you can go on Twitter and tweet at us at Angry Geeks VS. Uh, if you want, I, I'll give out my personal Twitter right now, actually. So if you want to engage with me, I'm going to try to, this is probably, Twitter's probably going to be my outlet for this um, now that we're not going to be doing the show anymore. <laughs> you can tweet at me at Dave Madonia. It's M-A-D-O-N-I-A. Uh, you can find D-Rod over here at Angry Geek D-Rod. Uh, you can go on uh, fantasymovieleague.com and you can find our group on there. Caps Lock Angry for the password on that one. Nerd Pride Radio's got our forum on there as well. You can also listen to Nerd Pride Radio with Mike Jones. You can listen to FMLI Life featuring D-Rod over here, along with Alec Hammock and Mr. Dave. Uh, I'm sure they will probably razz you a little bit because Justice League did not break the $100 million mark. They can say whatever they want. <laughs> I can take it. Uh, anything else, buddy? No. Just, guys, thanks for listening uh, for the last seven seasons, which... Seven times thirteen, which is roughly almost a hundred episodes. Yeah, we did not break syndication. No, <laughs> <laughs> but um, stay in touch. Uh, thanks again for for all the listening and for all your support and for all every time you chimed in or even when you told us we were wrong, we appreciate it every single time. Yeah, um, definitely, I appreciate you guys. Thank you very much. I am Angry Geek D Rod. For the final time, I'm Angry Geek Millhouse. We were the Angry Geeks. And no matter what, like we always say, in the future, forever, (laughs) stay Stay angry. Thanks, guys. All right. Thank you. Bye. Thank you for coming. I'll see you in hell.